<laughs> poor behaviors is not something you get rid of, okay? Poor behaviors is replaced with good ones that serve you. So if you're spending all the time, you can't just wake up one morning and say, okay, I'm gonna stop spending. You actually need to replace that spending behavior with a saving behavior instead. Hi, I'm Aldrin. Hi, I'm Patricia, and welcome to Success FAQs, where we don't know all the answers. But we seek to discover them by asking all the appropriate questions. Welcome to episode two, everyone. I'm actually very fired up to be here. Episode one did a lot better mm -hmm. than I actually thought it did, or it would, pardon me. So I just want to take a couple seconds here to thank each and every single one of you who took the time to actually like, share, and comment. I think that was a phenomenal uh, thing that you did, and it was just such incredible support. Uh, anything you want to add on here to some of the viewers that we have here, Patricia? Um, yeah, we're just really grateful that you took the time to listen to our podcast, you mm -hmm. know. And yeah, I don't know how um, far that reach would go. <laughs> like, I really thought it would be a few, you know, a few people that we know who would just listen yeah, to it. Just so. a lot of love. And I just want to yeah. take the time to thank all of you here. Appreciate each mm -hmm. and every single one of you. So. For those of you who are tuning in for the very first time, this is a podcast that focuses on the frequently asked questions on how to be successful. Quick disclaimer, in no way, shape, or form are my wife, Patricia, and myself ever going to claim to be uh, gurus in the sense that we know all the answers that succeed at the highest levels, because the sad reality is, is that no one will ever, ever actually know that. Um, one thing we will share with you is some of the frequently asked questions, and we'll share with you and collaborate with some of you. Uh, all of you, pardon me, on some of the things that we've that, what we've applied to actually make us successful to this degree. Mm -hmm. So anyways, let's jump into episode two, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a little bit of a controversial topic, actually. Today's episode is the following frequently asked question. Aldrin, Patricia, why do most fail financially? Right. And to begin this episode, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to focus really a little bit on the first areas of it. What do I mean by that? Um, just to get right into it, actually, the reason why most people fail financially uh, is because the relationship with money sucks, mm -hmm. right? They have a terrible relationship with money. Now, here's my quick disclaimer before we jump right into it. Uh, it's going to be a raw discussion. We got some beverages here, okay? It's going to be a little bit raw right into it. But uh, what do I mean by a disclaimer? Some of us here who need to hear this particular message are on this side of the spectrum. And we need people to be here on this subject. So to get people to go from where they are to where they need to be, we got to share a very, very strong message. It doesn't mean everyone will fit on this side, and that's what we actually think about the subject. But we really make this message very, very powerful so that we can bring the viewers uh, exactly where they need to be. I hope that makes sense to all of you here, right? So, yeah. Patricia, uh, anything you want to add before we jump into it? Yeah, just to repeat what he said, we don't expect that everyone falls into you know the same situation financially obviously everyone is different um, you have different um, like work or uh, responsibilities or anything anything actually would be um, impacting your financial situation right mm -hmm. so I think majority of what we're going to discuss today would be um, like what Aldrin said just giving some straight hard facts about what you want to do with your money to become financially successful and what you want to avoid. Yeah. So this is just kind of a general um, topic that I think is you know relevant to most of us. Um, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So ladies and Not gentlemen. Not here to offend people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So ladies and gentlemen, here there. are the top mm -hmm. five reasons 
why your relationship with money isn't very good and therefore we fail financially. So reason number one is you're undisciplined. Why don't you start us off there, Patricia? Oh man, this is already getting kind of hot and heavy here, but anyways, go ahead. What does that mean actually? You're undisciplined with money. Yeah, so a lot of our behaviors and attitude about money um, affect our spending and saving habits, right? And, you know, I don't know what it is, if it's how um, people were not taught growing up how to handle money, or maybe it's not, you know, being educated enough in the banking system or school system. But, you know, I think everyone can agree that people lack discipline when it comes to um, saving and spending their money. Um, and lack of discipline is, you know, I think very, very prevalent in in that um, we have a very um, instant gratification kind of mindset these days. So I know Aldrin is going to touch on um, how that manifests, like being yeah. being so undisciplined and in, in um, you know, you can see that in the people's lifestyle. You can see that in many different ways. So I don't know about you, but when I was 18, so I became an adult, um, I also wasn't very good with money. And, you know, I got my first credit card. Um, I wasn't <laughs> basically conscious about spending, um, you know, money on my credit card. And as long as you paid the minimum payment, you thought you were fine. Um, well, I don't know what it was, but at 18 years old, all you needed to pay was your cell phone bill, maybe your car insurance, yeah. but you felt like broke, you know, literally broke, um, working part-time, earning a lot more than you need because you don't have any responsibilities, right? But you felt broke. Why? Because you spent everything, every single dollar and then some. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, people carry that throughout their adult life. You know, they never learned. Um, but yeah. So you, yeah, absolutely. To kind of just stack on that, many people need to understand that you got to really improve your relationship with money. It is a relationship, ladies mm -hmm. and gentlemen. So going on that undisciplined facet of the top five reasons, I'll share with you a quick story, actually, because many, many, many of the times people think, you know what, as long as I have a bunch of money already, then I'll be okay. Like we're good financially. That cannot be further from no. the truth. Let me explain something to all of you here. I met a, uh, they're not personal clients of ours. But we met actually um, um, uh, basically a family. And there, there were these two twin sisters, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, And back in the 90s or 80s, I can't remember the decade specifically, they won the lottery. And it was quite a large sum and a life-changing amount, mm -hmm. these two twin sisters. And I actually had the privilege to meet their, their children who were roughly around their same age. And long story short, even after multiple decades of that, they came with a large sum of money to really change someone's life. But ultimately, they're in the same position 20, 30 years later as if they were they never won the lottery at all. And ladies and gentlemen, that has to go with the relationship with money. Let me explain to you a couple uh, or sorry, a couple ways that would actually impact some of our, our ourselves with that. I want you to think about your car payment, ladies and gentlemen, your car payment. We're not stu we're stuck with a how long is an average car payment last now? Five, seven years? Five, seven years. I remember, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hearing some recent stuff come up with some of our clients eight at years? like eight, I ten. don't even know. Yeah, it I, could be like a mortgage loan. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. That long. But, mm -hmm. but but here's the reality with it. Think about it. What's the norm today, so to speak? The moment we finish a car payment, 
do we think about keeping that vehicle? What do we end up doing after the vehicle loan, so to speak? It's time for a new one. It's time for a new vehicle. And, and car dealerships are notorious for that, but we won't get into that. It's a whole other deep rabbit hole. But I want you to think about that, ladies and gentlemen. One of the principles we teach when it comes to improving our relationship with money is this one here. Ready? If your car payment every month is higher than what you save every month, that's a problem. Isn't that very true? And it's coincidentally, it doesn't really take too much to be able to succeed financially in terms of just having a decent retirement. It's just really converting your monthly payment on your car to what you should be pre-authorizing savings every month. Mm -hmm. So I hope that makes some sense, right? I mean, ideally that you wouldn't have a car payment, right? Like there's David Ramsey's out there who say never get a car loan. Mm -hmm. Um, But for those people who actually bought a vehicle or leased it, um, you're car payment should not be more than what you're putting away every month. Mm. And, you know, for me, if let's say you earn like 40, 45,000 a year, yet you drive a vehicle that costs you 60, 70,000, I mean, do the math. That doesn't make sense at all. Um, But very common, right? How many people do you know that own a vehicle that is worth more than their annual income? What what would you say, Patricia, because this definitely comes up a lot. What what would you say to someone who says, you know what, let me just take care of all these things first uh, with my bills, maybe I have some debts I got to take care of. What do you say to someone who has that attitude, specifically just expenses or things they got to pay for? What do you say when they say, I got to take care of this stuff first and then I'll start saving and then I'll start investing? What, What do you say to someone like that, actually? Well, expenses never go away. Yeah. 100%. And you find that the older you get, the more expenses you have. So when I was 18, and obviously I, you know, finished school, um, the moment I finished school, (laughs) this is a true story, I actually already owned a car, didn't have a payment on it, right? But after a couple of years of working full time at my first real job, you know, I thought I was making a lot of money. And I said, hey, it's time for me to get my first brand new car and that thing ended up costing me about a thousand a month after car insurance and everything so you know very very dumb move on my part Mm. um so what do i say to that expenses will never go away especially when you continue to create more and more expenses and and ladies and gentlemen if i can just interrupt we feel so strongly about this subject because we've lived it yeah we've really lived it yeah. And so if you're listening to this, ever probably imagine all of these two are probably just preaching and talking. Definitely down. No, not. we've yeah. literally lived it. Once upon a time, I had a maxed out credit card mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out why. But ladies and gentlemen, if we can get summarize the idea about undisciplined, that first facet of why we fail financially, 80% of building wealth has to do with behavior mm-hmm. and only 20% knowledge. Right. Right. So I hope that makes sense to all of you viewers out there. Once again, the, the, the frequently asked question was, why do most people fail financially? It's because your relationship with money sucks. And the top five reasons we've covered, number one, which is we're undisciplined. Mm-hmm. Right? What's reason number two, Patricia? Reason number two is we as humans love to procrastinate. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, being in the financial industry, that's probably one of the major excuse or the the number one major excuse that I get a lot which is um you know I'll I'll think about it or when the timing is right or when I'm ready and for some reason 
you're never ready now you're always ready in the future an unknown yeah. time in the future um, Here, let me give you a kind of a life cycle uh, for those of you who are tuning in for the first time you're not familiar with our background uh, we've been in the financial industry now for actually over 10 years that's how we built our, our that's what we run as an entrepreneur an entrepreneurial couple we run our own financial firm uh, so this comes not only because we've lived it but we've worked with consumers over the last decade on these subjects in itself yeah um, so when it comes to the idea of what you mentioned about procrastination um, ladies and gentlemen, if you really think about it, it requires a certain level of maturity mm-hmm. to be able to, to, to be successful financially, right? And unfortunately, like I said, this might be a little raw and this might kind of, uh, I guess, um, hit a couple of you here in the nerve a little bit, okay? But procrastination on finance is a sign of immaturity. It really is, Right. And like I said, hopefully it doesn't offend you, any of you, but I'm going to the way extremes of things just so I can bring you here to the middle of it, right? Um, and as sooner or later, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to need to put on our big boy, big boy pants and big girl pants to be able to take this subject seriously. There's always going to be expenses. There's always going to be a reason, am I right? Um, but w- what else could you say on that subject, Bishop, about the idea of procrastinating in itself? Yeah, well, regret is always in the end. You know, mm-hmm. when you look back in hindsight, you're like, oh, I wish I had started doing this earlier when I was, you know, in my early 20s, right? Right out of school, when I started working, even a part-time job, even a summer job. I mean, imagine being able to put away just a little bit of money yeah. that you had made. How much more would you have today? Mm-hmm. And, you know, with um, being a financial professional, that's something that I, you know, coach my clients on is... I got to get you to save $100,000 as soon as possible. Because if you can get $100,000 invested, let's say at age of 30 or 35 at the latest, even if you don't add a single dollar to it, let it compound over the years until you retire, you know, get a decent return, like 8%, you know, you would still be able to retire with a bit about a million dollars. Yeah, right? yeah. Now, but many of you here, by the saving way. Saving $100,000 is not really that difficult. If you know how to yeah. budget and you know how to prioritize. Correct. Right? Correct. So why procrastinate on that? Because if you wait longer, you'll never get to that retirement income goal. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was just thinking as we're having this Not discussion. giving financial advice, all right? Yeah, yeah. This is, this is just a raw talk. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever you want with, mm-hmm. with what we're, we're sharing with you here. It's just a discussion from one friend to another. Um, but I, I want you guys to really understand what Patricia there mentioned. It's not that difficult to put away money, but it goes back to be if we're procrastinating and we're undisciplined. Those two go hand in hand mm-hmm. very, very closely. Let me give you a life cycle of what procrastination looks and sounds like. And many of you listening here might be living it right now. Okay, When we're literally, when we've never had a job before, we say, you know, what? I can't wait till I get my first part-time job mm-hmm. and I'm able to start saving for myself. Never happens. Never happens. So you get a little <laughs> bit older, you're like, oh, you know what? Let me just finish school first and then get a, a real job. And what ends up happening, I say I want to save, still doesn't happen. YOLO. <laughs> you want to live life, you know? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. by the way, I'm a big believer in having a lifestyle, okay? But uh, but here's what I'm a bigger believer of, a be- big, bigger believer of. Having a guilt-free lifestyle. Absolutely. Right? Guilt-free. What does that mean? You've all made a purchase. I've been guilty of it too. You I s- love shopping. Oh, yeah. I yeah. should say that as a disclaimer. But it's so much better to shop guilt-free. You know, when you budget mm. properly, you know you've already paid yourself first. You've paid your debts if you have debts. You know, the rest of that money is 
fun money. Correct. So you can thoroughly enjoy it without thinking about, oh, am I going to be behind on this or not be able to pay that? Yeah. You know, yeah. pay yourself first and you can enjoy the rest guilt free. For people who love spending, and I'm sure most of you do, the reason why we need to invest is so that you can have money to spend later. Yeah, yeah. people don't understand yeah. that. The purpose of investing is that you can spend, just not right now. It's for tomorrow, right? Uh, but yeah, sorry, going back to that life cycle. We get a little bit older. We get our career that we that we are proud of. Now it's time to start saving. But then we say, you know what? I still can't save. Maybe when I settle down, get married. You get married. Oh, man, all the money I, I saved goes into the wedding. You're saying, oh, after I buy a house, then I'll start saving. You buy a house. Then you say, oh, you know what? Uh, I'm going to start a small family. You get kids. You say, oh, you know what? I haven't taken the kids out in a couple in a vacation in a long time. Mm-hmm. Let's go on vacation for a little bit. Okay, now I'm going to start saving. Oh my gosh, Christmas is around the corner. It's getting very expensive. And we start- it Never tr- ends. Never yeah. ends. You it's need an- to renovate your home. There we go, right? And then all of a sudden, yeah. you're getting to the point in your life, many of you here might be listening, and, and you're at the point in your life where you're saying, you know what? Maybe when my children finish school, I'm going to start saving. But many of you are just like in our generation, um, we're in this double whammy sandwich effect where we're stuck. Um, raising a young family and supporting aging parents. So we say, once that's done, then we'll start saving. But by the time that cycle is finished, we're at the stage in our life where we're in retirement and trying to figure out what went wrong. It's just going to be more difficult to catch up, right? Correct. Correct. Um, and uh, I was going to say something. That's okay. Like, like I said, my train of thought. Ladies so. and gentlemen, this is, <laughs> like I said, we have lived everything mm-hmm. that we are talking about here. And mm-hmm. not just lived it, but we've coached many of our clients, uh, many of our teammates and advisors today Mm -hmm. uh, on this subject. That's why we feel such a raw passion for this subject. Okay. Um, But anyways, let's move on to point number three. Sure. Right. Point number three, ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of a unique one. I don't know how long it'll take to explain this one. I think we have one at least very controversial, you know, FAQ um, or response to an FAQ. And well, the first podcast. This is only our second one. Yeah, this is our second one. <laughs> I think this is the most controversial yeah. and my favorite again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so point number three on why we have mm-hmm. a poor relationship with money and therefore we fail financially. Mm-hmm. Listen to my words carefully. You associate with spenders. Mm-hmm. You associate with spenders. What does that look, sound, feel, smell, taste? I'm just joking about <laughs> Well, what would that actually look and sound like actually? How, do, how would I know if I'm hearing this for the first time that holy smokes, I didn't even know I associated myself with spenders. And that's taking away from my ability to actually um, be successful financially. What would you say? Um, There's definitely, you know, the group that loves to either party or they're a bunch of foodies or uh, they love to travel, right? They're, They're a fun group. But if this is where you belong, you're going to end up, you know, just like them, spending way more on your social life than you ought to spend. And because you get caught up in that kind of lifestyle, um, everyone in your group is broke, right? Including yourself. And there has to be someone in that group that says, hey, I'm on a budget. I can't afford to dine out tonight. Or I can't, you know, go to that trip with yeah. everyone. And it's almost like you don't want to be that person, you know, because you don't want to feel that, um, I don't know, that you're... you're Not part of the crowd. I don't, I don't or... want to say that because yeah. I feel like 
if you're really mature, you wouldn't feel like you're not cool just because yeah. you couldn't, you know, go out and party and all yeah. that stuff. And that goes yeah. back with maturity mm-hmm. and everything else. Like this is a mature talk, ladies and mm-hmm. gentlemen. Okay. So going back to the idea of you, you're, you associate yourselves with spenders. Most spenders, ladies and gentlemen, have a poor relationship with money. Let me explain. Most of the time when we make purchases, there's nothing wrong with what I'm about to say, okay? But this is what I mean with it. Uh, most purchases today, are they paid in cash? We go to the mall, buy something. Is it cash? We we buy anything. Most purchases, are they made with cash today? It's usually debit or credit. Debit or credit. Now, people say, oh, no, 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 my debit card is cash. Yes, of course. But hear me out here, okay? Most people haven't connected this. This is just a theory of mine, okay? But... Do you know the reason why banks invented the debit card? Most people tell me it's because of its convenience, right? That's actually inaccurate in my opinion. Let me explain. The reason why banks invented the debit card was to remove your emotional connection with money. Absolutely. Think about it. When you are making a, an actual cash transaction, you got $20 in your pocket and you buy an item, you know exactly how much money is in your wallet. Isn't that true? Yeah. But do you know how difficult it is to keep track of that in our debit purchases? And the reason why it spirals out of control is because one one purchase is debit, the next one is a Visa card, the next one is a line of credit, the next one is a MasterCard. All those little transactions all, add up. Correct. And all this, but here's the thing, Laser. If you only had a hundred bucks in your wallet right now, I promise you, all every purchase you make, you're gonna become a little bit more disciplined, a little bit more mature when you start seeing your cash turn into change. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just and that, that's mm-hmm. very, very important. Most spenders, ladies and gentlemen, we we don't even, we can't even connect some of those things. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, sorry. One more point that I, I, I almost, one thing we share to our consumers mm-hmm. all the time is this one facet. Poor behaviors, ladies and gentlemen, you don't get rid of them. Okay. Do, do you know what I mean by that or no? So let me explain. <laughs> Poor behaviors is not something you get rid of. Okay. Poor behaviors is replaced with good ones that serve you so if you're spending all the time you can't just wake up one morning and say okay i'm going to stop spending you actually need to replace that spending behavior with a saving behavior instead right that's just how it works I agree. right it's very mm-hmm. very important so and by the way for those of you who love to use your credit cards and you know you get points cash back and all that you know gimmicky <laughs> stuff that companies try to get like lure you into doing that or spending more on your credit card don't do it yeah. don't fall for it yeah it is so ridiculous to me that you would think hey if i spent more so that i can get this something free item yeah. or more points um <laughs> yeah. that that's worth it because chances that you're not going to be able to pay your balance in full at yeah. the end of the month i was so. funny you know what I, we i'm mm-hmm. not i'm never gonna i am not a multi-millionaire yet okay but we have mentors that we're blessed to who are millionaires and all the millionaires that I've had the privilege to actually uh, ask questions and get some mentorship from, especially on this subject of building wealth, not a single millionaire I've ever spoken to talks about all their points. Mm. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. Right? They don't say, hey, look at all the money I've made because of the points I've racked up on my credit card. It doesn't work out that way. Okay? So, and by the way, points in, in, uh, in credit cards are just a trap. I'm sure that there are banking trap. Yeah, I'm sure there are a lot of wealthy people who can spend well over, you know, the average person and still be 
able to pay it off 100%. 100% in full. So for them, they really do take advantage of points and rewards like air miles and stuff. Like, I get it. There are a few people like that. But for every one person, there's yeah. probably like 10,000 yeah. people who fall into that trap. Yeah, I, I, we don't know the exact... And get drowned. Yeah, yeah, we don't know the exact... We don't know the exact mm-hmm. number to that. But the banks have calculated that. For every one person that's able to take advantage... That's collateral damage because they've profited potentially in the thousands of others who couldn't do it the couldn't do it that way. Right, right. right. Couldn't do it that way. So yeah, spenders love to again. Um, they think that is normal. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's I, I remember um, someone telling me, Aldrin, I, I bought this TV. It was on sale for. It was originally like twelve hundred bucks. It's mm-hmm. it was on sale for eight hundred. Mm-hmm. I was able to save. $400. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> How could you save $400? You actually spent 800 mm-hmm. right? doesn't make sense. With anyway, that. we're not hating on people, you guys. Yeah, this have is... a guilt-free lifestyle. Very, very important, okay? Very, very important. Yeah, I'm sure many of you do this. Um, we did that. We yeah. fell into the traps before, too. So just sharing our, um, I guess, words of wisdom because we've learned from it and totally changed our outlook let me about money let me help you out a little bit okay mm-hmm. the one top reason why i got into debt once upon a time was dining out Ooh, someone's hearing this and they're like oh man that hits me literally that's a big reason why people are in debt they're yeah. constantly you keep dying. eating your money you keep eating your money <laughs> that's, that's yeah. funny i once had a discussion with an associate about that i'm like hey where did all this money go and after he owned the, the, the discussion, he says, I, that money just went towards making me fat. That's what he <laughs> said. Uh, but anyways, joking aside, ladies and gentlemen, just, just understand that, okay? Like dining out is a, is a big reason why people get into debt. Yeah. Um, oh, in addition to that, like, and if you're in debt, um, the only time you should see the inside of a restaurant is when you're working in it, Okay. Very, very important. Yeah, so, learn to cook. Yeah. And like I said, we're saying extreme things yeah. just to get you at least here to the middle. Okay? We're beating this one yeah. to death. But, you know, it's an important one because most of us um, don't realize, you know, who we spend the most time with yeah. are the same people who uh, we're going to end up. 100%. You know, becoming. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I was just going to, I always lose my train of thought. That's um, okay. Like, this is literally one of those things that. This is that very. We could be here Wrong. for hours and start talking about this stuff um, here, right? Travel. I just wanted to bring that up because oh, of Instagram and okay. Facebook. And we see that a lot, a lot, right? And with traveling, um, we all want to travel the world, especially... In fact, actually, just mm-hmm. before you... I, I would want everyone to see the world. That is very mm-hmm. important, actually, mm-hmm. for those to actually see the world. Yeah. Um, but traveling on credit... Right when you have to borrow that money in order to travel, maybe you shouldn't do it. <laughs> just a word of advice. Maybe you should just save for six months or one year, and then think about booking that next trip yeah. once you've saved money for that travel. I've had mm-hmm. I have had people tell me, but Aldrin, uh, I, I need to get the traveling bug out of my system, and then I'm good. You know what that just tells me? It means that you're not focused on the right things. Okay. It means that you've almost mentally made a decision that once you have kids, once you quote unquote settle down, you're not ever going to be in a financial position to afford that. So you want to get this out of your system by any means. I know we're going to strike some chords here, especially some people who get into that 
you know, depression or they just needed to have a change of scenery, like something isn't happening in their life. Yeah, yeah. that could be a part of it. So Yeah. But anyways, just to kind of wrap that yeah. thought up, uh, ladies and gentlemen, um, yeah, we it's, it's very important to see the world. The world is so large and where we're at right now, it's very important to see it. We just got to do it responsibly. Instead of putting our resources to accumulate debt to only experience that one time in our life, why not put the time and energy and focus in increasing your own cash flow so that becomes part of your lifestyle? Yeah, right. absolutely. We spent a lot of time on that one. Yeah, let's move on here, which brings <laughs> us to actually, it's a good transition of the mm-hmm. fourth out of the five. We're almost done here. Mm-hmm. Fourth has to do with this word. It's called debt. But listen to my word here. The Why do most people fail financially? It's not because you have debt necessarily okay why do most people fail financially is because they're they feel like they're a a victim victim of debt Mm -hmm. right what the heck does that mean they feel like they're a victim of debt what does that mean it happened to them it's like they woke up one day and said oh no i have all this debt right (laughs) but it wasn't actually just one day they woke up with you know all of that debt it was a behavior that they um, had for a long time, for many years, and the debt is a symptom of yeah. their bad behavior. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, I like the words you used that use there, which was, uh, "Oh no, this debt did not happen to Over, me." Yeah, right. It did not happen to you. It happened because of you. Correct. Right. Some of our viewers here are mm-hmm. from the U.S. and some of them are in Canada, and both countries um, are. We're always hearing this in whatever mean mainstream media how the country is in so much debt. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we have a the saying goes that the, these countries have a debt problem as a financial professional working with human beings. I've come to discover that there is no debt problem because you don't wake up with debt. Debt is a byproduct of overspending. There's an overspending problem in U.S. and Canada. No one wakes up the morning and I've tried. I've really tried. I've dreamt about it. And I would wished I would wake up and I would have the physique I've always wanted. Right. You know, like big arms and stuff like that. Never worked out that way. It's the same thing with debt. You don't wake up tomorrow and say, oh my gosh, I have all this debt. I know. This is excluding people who obviously lost their job or oh, yeah. had major emergencies happen to them, unexpected you know, expenses come up. Um, but that's the importance of financial planning, which is a totally different topic yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways. So Please I just wanted to make that yeah. distinction. You know, We're talking about a particular problem that causes... You know, that mindset of I'm a victim of debt, which is usually overspending. Correct. Correct. We're not. Yeah. Please don't take that out of context, ladies Mm -hmm. and gentlemen. We are not insensitive to the what really a lot of the times why consumers get into that. Mm -hmm. But one thing I will share with you working in this industry for over a decade, for every one person that got into a really bad place financially because of just life, you know, someone got sick, they got Mm -hmm. through separation, they went through something along those lines for every Mm -hmm. one person like that there's potentially like hundreds if not thousands of individuals that got into that just because of overspending Mm -hmm. so we're not talking to you the ones who got into that life genuine life scenario yeah it's the ones that we know and and the reason why we're talking to that group because we fell in that category yeah so we talked a lot about behaviors a while ago already what would be you know signs that you're a victim oh okay Here's a couple of signs. People tell mm-hmm. me, Aldrin, I have a in my, I really want to consolidate my debt because I have an interest rate problem, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I've paid too much interest. No, interest rate is not the problem. It's actually your behaviors that got you to it. So even if you consolidate it, 
mm-hmm. right? So let's say you owed, I don't know, like six different debts on with different interest rates. Mm-hmm. Even if you consolidate that into one and your interest rate is smaller and therefore your payment is smaller, if you didn't change your behavior, your attitude with it, you're going to find yourself in the same position a couple of years down the road. I have so many examples of that happening, yeah. which is, you know, something that I take very seriously. I don't think that that consolidation necessarily helps people. I think that helping them, coaching them with their behaviors and attitude is what makes the long-term impact. Correct, correct. Um, but yeah, debt consolidation is uh, a quick fix. But unfortunately, people fall right back into the trap. Yeah. Absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, probably one of the greatest accomplishments you can ever make in this in trying to become successful financially is eliminating your debt. Yeah. Not consolidating. Eliminating. Actually pay it off. And by the way, we're not here, like I said, we're in the financial world. They're Mm -hmm. like consolidating the debt with lower interest rate. That's a smart thing to do. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing that without the foundation Mm -hmm. of um behaviors, it's not gonna work. It really won't. So I guess the kind of uh kind of wrap up that thought of being a victim of debt Mm -hmm. if you are just trying to consolidate things Mm -hmm. you're just actually treating the symptom right treating the symptom if um versus treating the cause is owning it what does owning sound like you know what i got into this because i get yourself out and i'm gonna get myself here's the great here's the bad news you're in you're the reason why you're in debt Mm -hmm. you really are but here's the great news you're going to be the reason why you get out. Right? And, you know, if if that ever happens, and I don't think it will ever happen to us, but if it does, you know, I would make sure that we would do everything to get out of it oh, ASAP. Yeah. Whether that's working, you know, three jobs if we had to, or like selling everything we owned so that we could eliminate that debt, right? But do, if you're in that situation, do everything you can. Nothing else matters, until you get yourself out of debt, mm-hmm. okay? Because yeah. you can't think about building wealth, accumulating assets when you still have a bunch of debt. Correct, correct, absolutely. And then people tell me, Aldrin, I can't save yet because I'm paying off my debt, right? That's a whole nother rabbit mm-hmm. hole, ladies and gentlemen. That goes back, I'm a big believer that you should be, depending on what your scenario is, it might be a good idea to save money and pay off debt at the same time. Why? Because you need to replace old, poor behaviors with ones that serve you. Yeah. You, yeah. you got to replace those behaviors. For sure. And without any savings, you're, you're going to be in a situation that you need money and then you won't have savings so you fall back into debt, you yeah. know, because you rely too much on credit yeah. card. Anyway, um, don't want to give, again, too much uh, financial, I guess. It's not advice. It's, it's not just, advice. This is a real talk, guys, right? <laughs> yeah. The, the, you're not, this, is a, this is a talk as if, like, we were, like, brother or sister. Like, mm-hmm. we want to look out... And, and that's the key thing here, ladies and gentlemen. We care so much about this subject because we have felt the pain of it once upon mm-hmm. a time. And we've seen the and pain. We've caused. felt, seen, yeah. whatever you could think of, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. right? But here's the phenomenon we about. You absolutely can get out of it. You absolutely can, yeah. right? The but moment you start hating debt and yeah. treating it like a disease, yeah. which it is, then the sooner you're going to get out of it. Correct. The first step is you got to own it. You really got to own it. Yeah. Uh, last one here. We got the top mm-hmm. five reasons why most people fail financially, specific to their poor relationships with money. The very last one's a little interesting. So we're, it might confuse a little bit. Listen to what it is. Overestimating and underestimating. What the heck does that mean, Patricia? 
Um, you overestimate what you can do short term, and then you underestimate what can happen long term. Yeah, right? absolutely. Did you get that right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. So, <laughs> what does that look like? Let's say we're trying to save money for the future. We overestimate what we feel like we can save or or invest or the growth or the return mm -hmm. on what you're looking at. Mm -hmm. Overestimate that, really. And then underestimate what really can be done long term. We're talking decades from today. You don't have today. the patience right. to build it. Right. And that goes back Over to... Over the decades. Yeah. Which goes back to the first thing, which is uh, undisciplined, mm -hmm. un immaturity. Like, literally, it, you'll find that all these things kind of connect, ladies and gentlemen. Mm -hmm. Let me relate that back to another area and, and something we can all relate with, which mm -hmm. is fitness. We overestimate what we can get done in like a week, a month. Mm -hmm. Overestimate. Or even maybe even a year. We think we're going to get the Arnold Schwarzenegger physique, right? We, we overestimate that. Mm -hmm. And then we under, so we we say, like, ah, you know what? I didn't get the six-pack abs after doing four sit-ups, right? <laughs> so we, we we end up giving up a little too early. Mm -hmm. And then we underestimate what can be done. Imagine you you really kept that up. You ate right, you exercised, and you stacked that upon how many months, right? Years. You underestimate what really, what changes could be made long-term, right? Yeah. Yeah. So some of the things I've seen um, being in the industry is um, a lot of clients who, you know, they want to know a way that they can grow their, basically grow their investment, um, compound their investment, like literally overnight. Like, yeah. what's the fastest way I can grow my money? What's the fastest, right? Um, and a lot of them, especially, I don't know what it is, this, this day and age, a lot of people want to get into real estate. Sure, yeah. Um, now, without having any savings, you don't have cash. It's a very, very, you know, risky endeavor because your money would be tied up, right? Or I had a conversation the other day and this person had, you know, very little in terms of savings. And I know he was in a lot of debt. And he's like, do you know anything about this you know type of investment i'm not going to say what it is in case you're into it yeah. um and i go you know that's probably one of the most riskiest because it's so speculative but it's something he wanted to get into because he's seen in his own words like overnight people making it overnight basically yeah right so yeah a couple things don't take that out of context ladies mm -hmm. and gentlemen okay we didn't say not to invest in real estate, right? There's there's uh -huh. a lot of wealth that can be built in real estate. Absolutely. The foundation, though, is manage your expectation. Mm -hmm. Don't overestimate what you're going to get out of it short term. Right. And don't underestimate where you're going to get out of it long term, mm -hmm. right? And it's the same thing. I get that question asked quite a bit. Aldrin, where should I put, like, invest X amount of dollars, right, if I have money? I say, hey, I can definitely give you some ideas. But beforehand, my question is, what have you done in terms of debt management, yeah. right? What have you done in terms of having emergency fund savings? Like if your behaviors are not down pat, then then you're, you're setting yourself up for disaster down the road, yeah. right? So the foundation, ladies and gentlemen, mm -hmm. is vastly more important than all these little uh, things that can you attach upon it, right? For so. sure. And I think, you know, just to sum it and long story short, you're going to have some goals that are within the next five to 10 years. And then you're going to need to start thinking longer term than that. If you want it to be successful, you know, when you get to that 
age, okay? Um, whatever age that may be, because there is no fixed, you know, age that you can retire. But what you can retire when you're financially able to support yourself without working, right? Without having to work. So um, what I'm saying is you've got to be able to not touch your savings that you've, you know, you've um, put away for long term because that's a some like a common sense principle that I teach. If you keep taking out your money every couple yeah. of years, you're never going to accumulate any savings long term. Um, and I find that um, being in debt and not thinking long term go hand in hand. Yeah. You know, and not thinking long term makes you a very bad investor at the same time. So, you know, all of the, those things. Yeah. Let me put in perspective for let's mm-hmm. say you're baking a cake. Yeah. Right. And every like two seconds, you take the cake out to see if it was done. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to take forever to bake that cake, if not ever at all. Right. You just got to let your efforts compound here, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Let your efforts compound. Um, the time. The time. The time. Do its thing. Right. Mm-hmm. But the, like, like we mentioned, uh, that this is a very controversial topic in itself. Right. Some of you here, we might even lost a couple of viewers. Just by, <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't like these two with their messages. That's I okay. Hope not. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I am addicted to helping people pay off debts. I'm addicted mm-hmm. to that, right? Mm-hmm. One of the promises I always tell our, our team here is that uh, if you work with me long enough, right, I promise you you're going to learn the fundamentals to pay off your debt, yeah. right? Um, and so, save a lot of money. And save a lot of money, but we'll get into that in itself, mm-hmm. right? So anyways, let, let's close this off here, ladies and gentlemen. So episode two of Success FAQs, which was why do most people fail financially? The answer is... Uh, undisciplined uh, well the relationship with money sucks right relationship with money sucks and then the top five reasons why your relationship (laughs) with money sucks is why number one you're undisciplined Mm -hmm. you you just list them off okay you procrastinate right number three you associate with spenders number four uh you have a victim mentality when it comes to debt and we overestimate and underestimate you know what that means yeah I just want to take the time here for all of you viewers, actually. A lot of you have been sending me some DMs and comments on what you would want to ask, actually, here that we would want to discuss. And I encourage all of you to do that as well. Go on your on the whatever podcast you've listened to this. Give us here a five-star review um, if you liked it. And if you didn't like it, send it to someone you don't like, actually, and they maybe they'll, they'll watch it. Anyways, mm-hmm. joking aside, but uh, I've had a lot of fun, and we're having tons of fun just talking about this. And I hope... Uh, throughout this process here, ladies and gentlemen, all of you are getting the value you're looking for here, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, but in closing here, once again, thank you for listening to Success FAQs, and we will see you all at the very next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye.